This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Taking Care in Business is made possible with support from Conscious Capitalism, Inc., helping individuals and companies become more conscious with transformational experiences that inspire, educate, and empower people and organizations to elevate humanity through business. Go to ConsciousCapitalism.org for more information. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You're never going to believe what we're working on right now. What's that? Well, we got out all of our B Court recertification <laughs> paperwork. <laughs> Tis the season, right? Uh, oh, I know. I can't believe it's the third time we're going through that this. That is crazy. Yeah. I don't know if our listeners know this, but every two years, if you're a B Corp, you have to be recertified. And they say it gets easier. And I suppose it was last time. Yeah, around. I think it was. Yeah. It was definitely better than the first go around. Yes. Yeah, so because you kind of know. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be even easier for us because we um, closed down the joint venture that we had. Right. And so I think we won't have that to deal with. Well, and you've been measuring stuff for a while now. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you for helping us figure out oh. what to measure and how to do it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I am so excited for our guest today. Um, she is the founder of Inspiring Capital. Her name is Nell Derek Debevoise, and her firm uses practical experience, a broad and deep network, analytical insight and theory from diverse fields to help socially-minded donors, investors, and entrepreneurs to plan, fund, and grow world-changing ventures. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And so I I would say that Nell and we, Kathy, we share those same convictions that the investment of financial and human capital in for-profit businesses can solve most contemporary problems. But I think that's if it's driven by enlightened self-interest and supported by public policy and strategic philanthropy, don't you think? I do. So Nell is particularly interested in community development, girls and women's issues, small and medium enterprises, neurological development, and tourism. And get this, she was educated at Columbia, London Business School, and Cambridge University. And her decade of global experience drives her company inspiring capital success in helping people and organizations connect their work to today's social and environmental challenges, unlocking the resources required to build a more equitable and healthy economy. So hello, Nell. Hello there. We're so glad you're joining us. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. It is a chilly gray fall day in New York, and it's a cozy day to talk about business for good. That's good. (laughs) Excellent. That's great. So Nell, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got invested, invested, interested in invested uh, right invested thank you and inspiring (laughs) capital how this all came to be how did it come to uh, be put together by you totally happy to um so i after college i worked in the nonprofit sector for 10 years um mostly in kind of leadership development a lot with youth also with women um around the world i was uh, in japan as well as Europe and the Middle East, 
and managed a number of different global and local programs, um, all for, for nonprofit organizations, some sort of the UN World Bank type, you know, international development, and then um, for really a, a nonprofit startup. Uh, helping a private equity investor with something that he really cared about in his hometown in the Middle East. Wow. So I saw a lot of elements of the nonprofit space. Um, and at the end of that decade, I decided to go to business school uh, because there were a lot of things in the nonprofit world that I just felt like um, weren't as efficient as they could be. And it was certainly not for a lack of good intent or a lot of smart people, but um, it didn't feel like the best way to move resources to solve problems. Right. So I went to business school, um, as you kindly mentioned. I, I did a joint degree between Columbia and London business schools uh, to keep that international flavor. And I saw two things. One was that you know marketing and strategy and accounting and operations, all of the things that you learn in business school are really just skills or tools, mm -hmm. right? They're not magic. They're not proprietary in most cases. They're just tools to use to solve problems. And so I thought, gosh, why couldn't we just start applying these more in the nonprofit space to make change more sustainable and, and strategic and efficient? The second aha was really important, uh, which was that my classmates, these unbelievable 71 people from 36 countries around the world, you know, with, with 15 to 30 years of experience in uh, finance and media and tech, pharmaceuticals all across the world, were really lacking this sense of, of connection of what their jobs were doing in the larger scheme of things. So those were the two main ahas that, that after business school with a hefty amount of student debt, I set out on my own and started <laughs> inspiring capital. Um, and so happy we can we can say more about how it's evolved. But but those that was kind of the initial goal was, wow, okay, we, we have this lack of tools on the nonprofit side, and then we have this lack of kind of inspiration and, and connection to purpose among private sector professionals. These feel like two problems that could solve each other with the proper mediation. So then explain how inspiring capital merges the two. Uh, so our, um, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals, as you described in the introduction, um, is really to, you know, kind of awaken and guide people to the real power of integrating profit with purpose, right, and, and not trying to do just one at one time and then just the other later on, um, but really try to be thoughtful about what we're doing all across the economy, right? Whether it's a nonprofit um, trying to integrate some kind of earned revenue social enterprise scheme, or whether it's a corporate thinking not just about, you know, some some one percent give backs on the side at the end of a good year, but really baking in this sense of, of responsibility and positive impact 
to their very operating principles. So we too are, are a B Corp. We just went through our third certification. So <laughs> good luck to you on, on this process. Was it easier um, the third time around? We were contemplating that. I know. I held back from jumping in. You know, <laughs> frankly, we found it, I, I would say we found it even a bit harder um, that the standards are oh, moving, no. right? They're getting more nuanced and more thorough and, and a bit of a higher bar with time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we actually found it, you know, frankly, a, a little bit more exhaustive and, and a bit more difficult. Um, thrilled to say we still pass the flying colors and, and are proud to be uh, B Corp. My colleagues are just back from New Orleans and the Champions Retreat, which was held last week. Um, but, you know, so you'll be fine. But it, it's, you know, I think we're all happy about the fact that it is really a strenuous process. So anyhow, our, our work as, as a B Corp is um, really this notion of helping people connect their day-to-day work, their strengths, their time, what they're, what they're doing in their role, um, whether it's at a nonprofit or a for-profit, but, but connecting that up to some larger purpose, you know, whether it's hiring underrepresented folks or creating less waste in the environment or, you know, teaching at-risk kids to navigate the professional world and get jobs, right? There, there's a whole array of ways to, to make an impact. We just want to connect people to what makes sense for them at a certain stage and then provide the examples of how to do that. And you do it with a variety of platforms. Yeah, so we have um, our, our kind of fundamental approach is a fellowship model. And so basically we engage groups of 12 to 20 people uh, in, you know, interactive classroom learning to, to get the, the 101 of, of business for good. You know, what does it mean for, um, you know, to, to pass the B Corp, even if you're not going to certify yourself, it's a useful set of standards to use. Um, you know, how, how can you be more responsible to your customers, to your employees, to the environment? Um, but we also help think, help folks think about how nonprofits can be more business-minded and how they can use these tools of marketing and strategy and finance um, to, to do their work in a more sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where our fellowships start. They, they are uh, built for specific audiences, whether that is women reentering the workforce, you know, mid-career after a break for perhaps raising family or caretaking or other obligations. Um, We also have fellowships for MBA students and undergraduates in the summer. Uh, We work with the National Park Service and train MBAs to work for for the parks. Uh, And then we build custom fellowships for employers who understand that, um, you know, when people do not have some connection of their day-to-day work to its larger purpose in the world, that's a problem, right? The, The current number is um, an estimated 450 to $550 billion are wasted every year because people aren't engaged in their work. And so, you know, they're unproductive, they're stressed out, they're, um, you know, they're kind of anxious and, and churning about what else they should be doing in the world. And so um, we offer employers a solution to help people connect those dots and, and get more engaged. Um, the other important part of our fellowship model beyond this classroom learning, first of all, it's cohort-based, right? You're doing it with peers, and so that's really powerful to make the lessons sink in and, you know, really um, 
achieve that learning beyond just kind of ticking a box and, and, and learning facts. We want it to be really uh, interactive and, and peer-based. But the, the, the second piece of any fellowship is a project where, you know, the, the fellows are actually working with either their own company to think about some of these sustainability issues or perhaps with a partner nonprofit or even a partner B Corp. Uh, where some of their day-to-day job skills like marketing or finance or accounting could be a game changer for a smaller or a nonprofit organization that, you know, has incredible educators or health workers but may not have access to some of those professional business tools um, that would help them optimize their, their business. And so by combining, you know, the, the classroom interaction with the peer cohort with a hands-on project, our fellows really understand what it looks like to use their skills and time to advance change in the world in a way that makes sense for them. Uh, and so it, it, it is, as you said, it's, it's really kind of a platform that we have, including content and, and skills and, and training sessions to build those skills, but then also real-world examples with our nonprofits and B Corp clients um, about what integrated profit and purpose can look like in the world. Mm-hmm. With the uh, increase, or actually, I guess the decrease in the unemployment rate, um, mm. now have you seen more receptivity from clients, in, uh, in particular uh, employers, for that customized program, something to so that they can retain and recruit? Totally, it's such a great question, and and we absolutely have. You know, it is really a battle for talent out there. Um, it's especially in the kind of professional levels where we work. You know, I think obviously um, we don't want to underestimate the challenges at, at some of the lower income levels in our economy. I think it's a, you know, we have to be careful about calling it a, a recovery when so many people are still really struggling and, and the working poor are actually growing. Um, but we're really engaging a more professional audience, you know, that that level of strategic knowledge workers um, who need to be educated about purpose so that we can work on fixing the problem of the working poor. Um, (laughs) But but so, you know, when we're talking to HR and and people ops and talent folks or or even the marketing teams we work with, um, they are keenly aware that, uh, you know, number one, talent is in the power seat right now, right? Candidates are, are shopping, not the other way around. Um, and that particularly it was brought to our attention, I think, by the millennials, but, uh, you know, also boomers who have longer and longer working lives really want their day-to-day work to matter in the world, right? Um, in, in the case of millennials, they, they just they don't have trust in our big systems. And so if employers aren't doing a very good job of telling the story about, you know, not only being conscious to minimize harm, but also really being creative and proactive about why their business exists and, you know, what it, what it means to, to serve the world, you know, both their customers, but also, uh, employees and their their broader communities and stakeholders. Um, so, you know, the work that we did with Amex's global marketing team, for example, um, was really about helping connect the dots that, that business makes the world go round, right? And so, gosh, of all brands, American Express, 
has reach and recognition and credibility uh, where if they can be helping their business customers think, for example, about the B Corp principles and the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals, that's some real leverage. And, and that's a good reason to come to work in the morning. Um, so anyhow, I, I think that, you know, smart and savvy companies are, are definitely uh, turning up the heat for themselves and, and in turn looking for help from folks like us um, to do that in a really smart, nuanced way. Now, we have a, a new season sponsor. Um, it's Conscious Capitalism, and they gave us some data mm-hmm. that I found to be um, kind of alarming. Um, they said that only 30% of the workforce is engaged. So I'm wondering, with this work that you're doing, are you doing a pre-evaluation you know, and a post-evaluation and measuring that change with the organizations that you're working with? It's a great question. And, you know, um, Conscious Capitalism is an amazing organization. I'm headed to Austin next week for their CEO summit, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure exactly. I, I think, if anything, frankly, they're optimistic. Um, the last Gallup number I mm-hmm. saw suggested that it was actually under 20% oh. of the workforce is engaged. Wow. So either way, it's dismal. And, and that's exactly the root of that number I mentioned of, of the 450 to $550 billion that we're wasting in the economy um, because of that disengagement. So we, we do totally plug into this. Um, that initial assessment is a big part of our offering. Um, you know, we, we, when possible, obviously assessment um, costs money. And so it depends on kind of where clients are at, the extent to which we're able to kind of measure things. Um, engagement is a, is a, is a somewhat subjective factor. And so mm-hmm. we like to do a, a really thorough kind of quantitative and qualitative assessment of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, again, it just depends on how much the organization has to invest. But we were able to do, uh, to do some of that really in-depth work with, with the American Express team I mentioned that, we were, work, that we're working with. Um, and so TBA, right, the, this stuff takes time. It's, it's not kind of one and done. Here's a 90-minute workshop. Now you're in grade. Congratulations. <laughs> you're, you're totally in. <laughs> Um, and so stay tuned, watch this space, you know, as, as we kind of have the, the time and, and depth of relationships on the B2B side, because we've just started that corporate work in the last kind of year or so as demand has increased. Um, we've been doing the B2C work with our, our women reentering the workforce and our uh, MBA students and, and undergraduates for about five years now. Um, and what I can tell you is that uh, 70% of our alums uh, do identify as connecting their work to a sense of purpose in the world, right? So that kind of um, state of inspiration, you know, yeah. uh, that, that Bain actually did research showing that uh, inspired workers beyond just engaged uh, are 225% more productive. Um, and so we look at engagement, but we, we look to try to get it to even that higher level of inspiration, which is, you know, part of the story behind our name. Uh-huh. So I, you've mentioned American Express. I know we talked about that, too, on our pre-interview. Um, how are you finding smaller companies? Is this an idea that is really resonating there? Are they willing to commit resources to have somebody like you come in or somebody from your team come in and work with their staffs? Absolutely. We've, we've been working with 
um, a few startups. And, and frankly, you know, that was a little bit more our kind of obvious target client group, um, you know, because I think that the two things, it's, you know, we're a startup. And so uh, while we are mighty and efficient and because of our platform model, we have access, you know, we're only 10 people full time, but we had 40 MBAs working for us this summer, for example, right? So, so we have uh, a really deep bench of talent when we need it. Um, but we figured that, you know, a, a 100 to 150 person startup is, is easier for us to kind of wrap our, our head around and, and really influence than a 60,000 person, you know, Fortune 100 global company like Amex. Um, we're, we're thrilled to work on both sides. I think that the philosophical alignment of a lot of the founder-led smaller startups, um, you know, whether they're already B Corps or, you know, the, the YPO network is obviously a group of, mm-hmm. of very committed, passionate founders leading small but, but robust and growing companies. Um, that's kind of a no-brainer for us. And so I think when we have those conversations, it's a much quicker oh, yes, this would be amazing, right? And then, um, of course, you know, question is just often around budget. And and Mm -hmm. so, you know, our offering is very accordionable. And so we're able to kind of stretch or compress the offering as needed for smaller companies. But, but yes, the, the demand is very real there as well. Again, I think it's often, it's often more of a challenge to keep and scale a very purpose-driven culture that a company might have up to 100 employees, but then they're conscious that as they go toward 500 employees, it's not going to just be obvious right. anymore. They're, they're going to have to make that a more explicit um, systematic commitment, uh, whereas at a place like American Express and some of the other bigger companies we've talked to, that purpose piece has been lost a little bit already, right? And it's about bringing it back. So as far as we're concerned, all companies should be doing this work, but it does look a little bit different depending on where, where we go. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now, we always ask our listeners, I mean our guests, if they can tell our listeners uh, one piece of advice. So say somebody comes to you, which obviously they are every day, <laughs> and they, mm-hmm. want, they want to know what they need to do. Um, what is your your the thing you always tell them, your core belief? I just think that our basic premise is something that not everyone has accepted yet, which is that thinking about your impact in the world as a person and your larger, you know, organizational or or corporate footprint is a non-negotiable, first of all. The train has left the station and you better get on board or you are going to be left in the dust just like Kodak was when, when digital photography came out. Um, so, you know, just do it is kind of the Nike slogan I would borrow. Um, but then the, com- the, the comfort is twofold. One is that it is absolutely in your business interest, right? This is not about, you know, huge extra budget lines or slowing down your process. To the contrary, uh, this work has been shown to, in some cases, reduce costs. In some cases, there are investments you need to make, but, um, but there absolutely are cost reduction elements. It increases creativity. 
Uh, you know, it, it increases customer loyalty to say nothing of the employee benefits we've been talking about, right? So, so that's the first point of, part, point of comfort. And the second piece of advice that I include here is that perfect is the enemy of the good. And so when I say dive in, the train has left the station, I do not mean to be alarmist and say that you need a soup to nuts, cradle to grave, circular economy strategy by December 31st of this year, or you're going under, right? right? I just mean that you need to be thinking and talking about these issues related to environmental, social, and governance, goodness for the world. Um, and, and you need to be open with your team about that. They're probably already thinking about it. Um, and, and so, again, it's, it's just about kind of starting the conversation and, and, um, and paying attention and asking yourself and your colleagues questions. Um, it does not have to be all-inclusive or all-encompassing or perfect or cutting edge from the very beginning. You just need to start somewhere. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Nell, how can people reach you if they um, are interested in learning more about you or Inspire Capital? Can you give us like your social media handles and yeah, website and all absolutely. that? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So, um, our website is www.inspiringcapital.ly. So inspiring capitally, if you like, that can be easier to remember. Um, And we have, you know, that that was just redone in June. So it does reflect um, the corporate work that we're doing as well as our individual programming. Uh, We are in New York and Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. So we certainly uh, do relatively frequent live events in those two markets. Um, On Facebook, we are inspiring underscore capital um and so you can we we also do some web content there and and post and share a number of articles and resources uh, that we're reading and thinking about and if you want even more of that on our homepage, we have a membership offering and so it's uh you know a, a very low ticket price for folks to get some curated content and access to an online resource library Um, as well as a growing number of in-person and online events that will be somewhat gated only for members. So if you're you're curious to dive in and and want some guidance and curation about this world, feel free to look there. Um, Personally, I'm very active on LinkedIn. My name is a mouthful and unique enough that it's not hard to find me. If you just Google Nell and Inspiring Capital, you will find lots of things about me and, and ways to reach me. I'm glad you mentioned the membership um, I was going to at the end. That's a great way to just get some great content and get their feet wet with Inspiring Capital. So thank you, Nell. We've really enjoyed our time with you, um, and we hope our paths cross at one of these upcoming events. Absolutely. Thank you both so much. Good luck with the B Corp certification, and don't hesitate to reach out if you have a question or advice or anything. I'm going to hold you to that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Nell. Have Take great care. afternoon. Thanks to you both. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us this season on Taking Care in Business. Let's give a big thank you to Matt Sosi, our sound engineer. Woo! We hope that you enjoyed this season's guest. <laughs> And we'll be back for a winter season. So stay connected to us for updates on when that will start and for sneak peeks at some of our future guests. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at 
takingcareinbusiness.com or visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at takingcareinbiz, B-I-Z. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. And Kathy, we definitely need to thank our season sponsor, Conscious Capitalism. Yes, thank you for your support. Taking Care in Business is made possible with support from Conscious Capitalism, Inc., helping individuals and companies become more conscious with transformational experiences that inspire, educate, and empower people and organizations to elevate humanity through business. Go to ConsciousCapitalism.org for more information.